now. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do, so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. To be broadcasting to you live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Everybody just relax. <laughs> this is the Rich Eisen Show. What in the world happened with Stefan Diggs? The Rich Eisen Show. This couldn't have been put to bed completely where if something similar doesn't happen on the first Monday night in front of the whole country. ESPN's probably going to have a camera isolated on Diggs the whole game. Earlier on the show, ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Mark coming up. Host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, hour number three. Great conversation in hour number two with Bobby Marks, the uh, longtime front office executive in the NBA, now part of ESPN's NBA draft coverage. Same thing with PJ PJ Carlissimo in hour numbers two and one. Uh, Hour number three, uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the program. As soon as this is over, we re-air on the Roku channel every single day from 12 to 3 Eastern. We're live, and then uh, we keep running and running and running until we're back on the air the very next day, where people, I guess, in uh, all over the world are watching us, including uh, a, a, a an oil change place in Dallas, right, Chris? That's, That's right. Got? Okay. That's right. Yep, there it is. Shout out. Uh, shout out to the Quick Car, uh, both spelled with K's, and Lube. Uh, Matt, Matt Hubbard. fits you in Dallas. Let's go. Uh, very good. Um, we're, we're huge in the uh, oil change place. Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us here uh, on the Rich Eye, let's talk some ball. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. Uh, the creator of Pro Football Talk and also from uh, Peacock Television and so much more with NBC Sports, our friend Mike Florio back here on the program. How you doing, Mike? Good. Have you ever changed the oil on your car? I have not, sir. Any car? I haven't either. Nope. <laughs> oh. Before, before that be perceived as some sort of a flex by me, I have not either. No. Uh, let me just say this, uh, Mike. Back in the day, way back in the day when I had uh, a flowing flock of seagulls type mane, uh, Kenny Mane uh, took the day off on uh, RPM tonight on ESPN2. I hosted one singular RPM tonight and started by saying I'm the only person in the history of this program to host it and also have to call AAA to change a tire. That's how I started the program. <laughs> I have me. changed a tire. I have done okay. that Okay. and lived to tell about it, but I've never changed oil. And my dad's attitude, even though we did not have significant means, his attitude was there is someone out there mm. who relies upon that work to feed their family so when it's time to change the oil on your car go pay that guy to do it love it well done uh so let's just jump into what you think happened in buffalo last week 
with Diggs and and that and and what happened on that day of organized team activities, Mike. I think the one thing that we don't know and won't know and could be an ideal subject for that old sitcom formula that we'd see from time to time where act one is one person's version of an event, act two is the other person's version, and act three is the truth. Because something went down last Tuesday that resulted in Stefan Diggs leaving the building. Now, did he storm out? Was he invited to leave? Was he kicked out? Remember when A.B. quit on the Bucks and we thought he just stormed off and then we found out Bruce Arians told him to get the F out? Mm-hmm. So I'd love to know the catalyst and what preceded it. Was it at the conclusion of whatever meetings they were having, somebody got exasperated from the team side and asked him to leave in response to something he said or did or whether he left in response to something they said or did? They found a tenuous truce. They found a middle ground for one day of minicamp practice. They canceled the third day. And the question is, can they hold it together through training camp through the season? He really doesn't have any options. That's the reality. I mean, if he was the one who left, all it takes is a five-minute explanation to Stephon Diggs that there's really nothing you can do. They're not going to trade you. You play for them and you play for no one. And if you don't play for them, you owe them $33.6 million in money you've already received but you haven't earned. So... That gets a guy to the position pretty quickly where he's going to show up. He doesn't want to pay back that 33.6 pre-tax. Then he's got to go to the IRS and get his taxes back. It's a major pain in the butt. So if he's the one who walked out, I can understand why he walked back in. Regardless, they need each other. The Bills are under even more pressure now, and we'll see how happy he is once this season comes to an end, however it ends. Now, you're the third straight uh, football guest I've had on this week where, that I've asked this question to. And I, I, I don't think this is just the, you know, doldrums of late June type NFL focused question. This is one that I'm I'm latching on to because it truly can resonate into the playing season when toe meets ball. If there is a lack of same page uh, read between Pro Bowl all pro quarterback and his Pro Bowl all pro wide receiver for a team that has come up way short of their expected goal year in and year out the last couple of years. This is, I, I don't know how this doesn't resonate into the season somehow, Mike. Absolutely. You know? Think about it. Week one, Bills at Jets. Oh, God. The ESPN ABC crew is going to be told to have one camera on Stephon Diggs everywhere he is. And that's going to be, the broadcast plan for every single Bills game this year because we know there's a reason to keep an eye on Stephon Diggs. There is a point that he reaches where he he blows a little bit of a fuse. We saw it last year, and he told Dan Patrick the week of Super Bowl that what he did at the end of the playoff loss to the Bengals was the product of a culmination of frustrations he was experiencing. But, you know, there's been some reporting out there that he's frustrated with the offense, his role in it, his say in play calling. And it comes down to Ken Dorsey, year two, as the offensive coordinator. That's one of the reasons why I'm a firm believer. When you have a franchise quarterback, when you have one of the best in the game, man, it's good to have an offensive head coach. Because when you have a defensive head coach, the team does well, the offensive coordinator ends up getting a job as a head coach somewhere else, and then you've got to make a transition to a new coordinator and hope it goes smoothly. And uh, maybe it didn't last year from Brian Dayball to Ken Dorsey. So they've got to work that out. 
and that puts pressure on Dorsey. It puts pressure on the coach, Sean McDermott. It puts pressure on the GM, Brandon Bean. It puts pressure on Allen. It puts pressure on Diggs. It puts pressure on everybody. In the 20 years that I've done this with the NFL Network, and you know, uh, you've done it for as long as well, Mike, I don't recall a glut of talented running backs sitting ATC at the crib in late June like we're seeing right now from Dalvin Cook to Zeke Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette. I, I, I don't, how do these guys all land with gigs when it comes down to it? If people stay healthy the way that the running back position is currently being run, I, I, I think we're at a considerable crossroads when it comes to this position right now that we haven't seen in a while. We know one of the strategies for the guys who are available is just wait for the inevitable injury because it will happen. And all of a sudden your market, which may be at a certain level now, goes up when desperation becomes a factor. But, you know, Rich, this is simple supply and demand, and it intersects with a system that as of 2011 really makes it harder for running backs to get paid when they are doing their best work. It's low salaries on the way in, and if you've got a first-round running back, you can you can – pick up that fifth-year option and then franchise tag, and that's six years that you squat on his rights. And then if he's still really good, you can do a seventh year via a second franchise tag. And the franchise tag is held down. It's actually dropped in recent years because the top of the market isn't consuming the same percentage of the salary cap that it used to because running backs aren't getting paid. And short of guys just saying, you know what, I'm not going to play running back anymore, and I think there is wisdom to it, Ben Tate, who played years ago, was out of Auburn, second-round pick of the Texans. He said at one point, if I had to do it all over again, I would have played defensive back. Because when you're a great young athlete and you're playing youth football, what happens? The coach says, let's give this kid the ball. And the next thing you know, that kid's a running back, and it's hard to get out of that position, even though it caps your earnings and it caps your career length in the NFL. But we've been trying to come up with ideas. Chris Sims had a suggestion, and I've been pulling that thread over the past few months. Basically, a league-wide fund that would reward young running backs as they go, hmm. for having big yardage, lots of touchdowns, fantasy football darlings, have something that doesn't count against the team's cap, but just, just recognize that these guys are important and get them paid. Now, that doesn't solve the problem of the veteran who can't find a job, but it does solve the problem that I think is out there, that guys that do the job well just don't get paid what they should. They don't. And, and I, I don't blame running backs for, for what Zeke did. Remember a couple of years ago, going to Cabo and – you know, uh, that uh, Zeke doesn't, you know, they, there's got to be a piece of the pie and you got to work together. And I, I don't blame him for holding out for what he did. He got he a great did. contract. He got, a, he got a contract that was so good that the Cowboys would have loved to have ripped it up last year, but they couldn't <laughs> because they, it had a guarantee structure that kicked in a year in advance. He got a great contract. He would have yeah. been cut last year, but for the contract that he signed. Unbelievable. Mike Florio here on uh, the Rich Eisen Show from Pro Football Talk. Let's talk gambling a little bit here, Mike. Now, th- this comes from... Uh, you know, somebody who's a league employee, me, that I, 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 every year, every summer, we get nonstop emails, we get nonstop human resources videos that we are required to view, documents to, you know, e-sign and stuff like that about the gambling policy in the NFL. Uh, I, I, so this may sound naive or what have you, but you are clearly on this story and talking to people who are talking to players and things like that. How do the players, young players, not know you can't gamble 
on on your team uh, or your or any team in the NFL? How is this like? Uh, we didn't know, so we shouldn't be held as accountable as we're being held to. I I, I it, it it strains credulity for me, Mike. So you know, I guess explain it to me. There's two you... levels to this. I think that any player out there should realize, with nothing more than a five second conversation. Never bet on anything related to the NFL in any way, shape, or form, Mm -hmm. period, ever, boom. Where it becomes problematic and where it's become very confusing, Rich, for you and all the other Mm non-players, you can't bet on any sports at all, ever. No March Madness brackets. I've heard of people getting summarily fired for being involved in for-pay March Madness brackets, non-players. Fantasy football, nothing more than a $250 prize for the full season. Anything more than that, you're gone, no questions asked. And I've heard there have been plenty of employees, non-players, who get fired by the league, by the teams, and we don't know about it because we don't tune in to a game, and where is that person? Right. So they're very aggressive about the rule for non-players that you can't engage in any gambling on any sport at any time. Why, Rich? Why? Do you think that the NFL, which has full control over the gambling policies it relates to players, mm-hmm. the union has conceded This isn't part of the CBA. The NFL, in its power to control the integrity of the game, has the ability to create this policy, and we have nothing to do with it. Why does the NFL let players gamble on any sports? Why not just have players under the same rules as everyone else? Wouldn't it be a lot easier to explain it to everyone if the rule was you can't bet on any sports at any time, any place? That would clear up so much of this confusion, because I think that's where it comes from. I think guys like Jamison Williams didn't know that – if you stand outside the Detroit Lions facility on the street, you can pull up your phone and hit the FanDuel app and bet on NBA basketball. But the moment you walk through the door, it's an affront to the integrity of the game and you're suspended six games. That makes no sense. Why is that rule in place? Mm-hmm. Just treat the players like the non-players. And, and from what you're talking about uh, you know, with folks who either f- talking to players or, or, or folks who represent the players, I mean, is this like a problem collegiately where they just do whatever – they gamble and then they come to the pros and they're not familiar with the new rules? Is that, is that part of it too? Is that – I'm just talking – I'm just wondering how prevalent this is. Certainly since part of your reporting is you heard somebody lost $8 million gambling in the NFL. Uh, a member of the player in the NFL last year losing $8 million? For real? Well, think about these devices we carry around with us everywhere we go. Right. And all these little buttons and all these little apps, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what if you spent your whole life using Twitter, and then all of a sudden you get a job after you get out of college, and there are certain ways you can use Twitter that are illegal? Like, what are you talking about? I've I've been using Twitter for years. Mm -hmm. So for these, I mean, it's been five years since the... Supreme Court opened the floodgates to allow states one at a time, if they so choose, to have legalized gambling. So these DraftKings and FanDuel apps are everywhere. You've got the – in West Virginia, you play blackjack online. You can do all this stuff online. You hit the button and off you go. And I think that there is a culture shock for the guys who have been doing it for years. And I think that it takes more aggressive educational efforts, especially if you're going to thread this needle between players being allowed to gamble – when not at work on non-NFL events and non-players being prohibited. 
it makes it more important to send a message the right way. And, Rich, I've heard from coaches, I've heard from people with teams Mm -hmm. who have very strong criticism about the quality of the education that the NFL is engaging in. And, look, I've been involved in the training of employees when I was practicing law. There is a fundamental difference between education for the sake of getting a piece of paper that someone signs to say they received the policy and true meaningful education aimed at getting people to understand what the rule really is. I, I had one coach tell me, look, this presentation is 45 minutes long. It only needs to be five minutes long. They overcomplicate it. The message doesn't get through to the players. The teams are left to send the message, and the smart teams are doing it. But, but it would be so much easier if the rule just was, right. hey, if you're going to play in the NFL, you have to suspend your desire to be the next great sports gambling tycoon until after you're done playing in the NFL. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Whoever, if they, they, if they send the same people who, who um, you know, uh, I deal with with the NFL Network or the same human resources individuals, this thing would be wrapped up in two seconds. It's hey, obvious. Do you know that? Do you know the conspiracy theory though? Chris Sims no. is trying to get a spot in the top five. Okay. And and I think it makes sense. And the more I talk to people about it, the less it feels like a conspiracy theory. It just sounds like common sense. Mm-hmm. The sports books want the NFL to let these guys bet because they are really rich and they're young and they're dumb enough to think they're going to win. So what's going to happen? $8 million later, the sports books are making back some of the money they give to the NFL and sponsorship. And you know what? When Sims told me, I thought, boy, that's crazy. That's even, that's even too crazy for me. And it's like, why else would you? Why? I mean, nah. that's the question I'd ask to the commissioner right now. If we were sitting across the table from each other, I'd say, why do you let players gamble on any sport? You have the full and complete power with the stroke of a pen to take this away. Right. Why are you doing it? Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. Ask him. Ask him. No, yeah, okay. Give him a call. <laughs> it's FaceTime Roger Goodell right, right now. Let's talk gambling. Hey, RG, RG, RG1, let's talk, uh, let's talk gambling. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to do with my free time. Hey, Rich, and they, you know what? They hate me because I keep pushing this, but I'm trying to do everybody a favor who's a stakeholder of the game because yeah. The last thing we need is a Tim Donahue scam. Of course. Or and then the, the, the league feels some it. other set of facts that we don't know of. I've yeah. been trying to imagine every possible way right. that this could collapse on the NFL and warn people about it. And, of course, you get called Chicken Little for doing it, but somebody needs to be mm-hmm. thinking creatively about all the bad stuff that can happen. And you know the league doesn't want that, too. You know that. And you know that there's a lot of hand-wringing in the front offices about, you know, they, nobody wants that. But here's the problem. When you're stuffing your pockets with millions from the sports book, it's kind of hard to, to walk that tightrope. I mean, really, how do you have the moral authority to tell people what to do and what not to mm-hmm. do when, when you've you got your – what was it? It was seven exclusive sports book partners a couple of years ago. I mean, they're taking every dollar they can, and they got every right to do it, but it makes it hard to be properly concerned about the other side of the equation. I think it would be a lot easier for the league to fend off the potential wolves mm-hmm. that could attack if the NFL's position was we have a clear firewall. We're not taking a dime from any of the sports books. We're not involved with this in any way. We're not going to let any of our owners own a percentage of DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever. Mm-hmm. We want nothing to do with it. I think it makes it easier to guard against all the bad stuff that can happen if you're not trying to straddle that line. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. So um, let's just jump uh, the last last one for you. What do you got for me on the Niners quarterback scenario as we're currently standing here, sitting here, having this conversation, everybody's breaking for training camp, how it's going to play out, the whole business. What do you got for me on that? Well, Brock Purdy, if he's healthy and if he's not healthy – 
I think it'll be Sam Darnold. How about that? I think they really like Sam Darnold. When they started putting out the word, and it was Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area who, who said that Sam Darnold may be the most talented throw of the football the 49ers have ever had, and people lost their minds. And it's like, well, he didn't make that up. He's getting that from Kyle Shanahan. And not long after that, Kyle Shanahan said it. And that's to get people comfortable with the idea that the guy that they gave up three first-round picks and a third-round pick to get is going to be the odd man out. But they're not going to trade him because QB3 could end up being QB1. That's what happened last year. They've They've been cursed at the quarterback position. And, Rich, let's play it out to March of next year. I think you're going to see, unless the Vikings re-sign him by then, and they can't use the franchise tag on him the way his contract is structured, you're going to see a potential tug-of-war between Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay for Kirk Cousins next March. How about that? Mark that down. They can't quit him. They can't quit him. I know. Who said that? Was that, was that Daniel Jeremiah who said on this show that if you're anybody Whoa. involved with the Shanahans, you have, to pay, you have to pay fealty to Kirk Cousins? You know, like that. I think he's somebody said that. I don't. Um, but hey, I, I, but, but hey, here's Rich, the thing. Here's the thing I have on that front. Okay, and and this is why I I'm with you that it's Purdy's gig if he's healthy, because in this day and age, okay, if you've got a guy who can perform and like at an elite level at the quarterback spot, who is on a seventh round contract, and you've got a team that's ready to win now with people that you need to re-sign to monster contracts because they are pro bowlers at their position. That's how you win. And the one person you, you'd mentioned how fans might wake up and say, all these, the, the guy that uh, you paid all those first-round draft choices for isn't even playing, it really is an audience of one that they really have to worry about, and that's Jed York. And he loves his coach and his general manager, as you know. So as long as they're making NFC Championship games with Purdy or Jimmy G, doesn't matter if Lance, you know, isn't the guy anymore. And so if it's Purdy, I don't know why they would even want to go in Kirk Cousins and pay him forty million a year when you got a guy who's playing like Cousins on a seventh round contract. That's like the dream come true if you're the Forty ers It all comes down to whether or not Brock Purdy can stay healthy wire to wire this year. I think right. that's the ultimate proof. And we've yes. gone year after year after year where there have been these issues with the health of the Forty ers quarterback. The one year it wasn't an issue was the year they went to the Super Bowl. And I'm a firm believer that if they had just waited to sign Kirk Cousins. That's why Kyle Shanahan didn't evaluate Patrick Mahomes in 2017, could have had him, didn't even look at him. Was waiting for Kirk Cousins in 2018, got talked into Jimmy Garoppolo when the season was just falling apart. His first year with the 49ers, we got to do something, and Garoppolo was available for a second-round pick, so they went in that direction. I think if they'd have waited for Cousins, given the fact that Cousins never gets injured, Cousins never gets injured. Cousins is durable. That's his superpower as it relates to, and, and also playing at 1 o'clock Eastern. But uh, I don't have one or two Super Bowl wins by now, and it wouldn't be because of anything Kirk Cousins did. It's because he's good enough with that incredible team that they'd have around him. His other superpower is being paid like a Major League Baseball yeah. Cy Young pitcher. You know? He's paid like Garrett Cole. You know? <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's another superpower. Uh, Mike, thanks for the time. Let's uh, let's chat uh, shortly. Have a great July Fourth week and uh, and the summer, and we'll 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 tee it up soon. Thanks, thanks again. Pal. Great talking to you. You got it. It's, uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. I wrote that down, by the way. What? McVay and Shanahan tug of war for cousins. I don't know. Stafford. If 11, Stafford, brother, If Stafford. Everybody thinks Stafford shot right because of last year, and everybody thinks that you know what the the they're the Rams are tanking. No, no, oh, that's no, just no, no. Me. no, no. I know you are. Come on. Let's see how it works out with Stafford this year. That one I, I, I could understand if Stafford is, is suddenly 
physically not the same guy who won a championship and no look to pass <laughs> through through a, through a needle eye <laughs> to Cooper Cup yeah. in the Super Bowl. If that guy doesn't exist anymore, I, I, I could understand if Cousins is available, they go there. Certainly if Stetson Bennett doesn't come around. But why would they spend all that money on Kirk Cousins if Brock Purdy is in year three of a seventh-round contract and they can pay... Name all of their all-stars in Pro Bowlers yeah. that, that are going to need that second contract or third contract that they can pay them because right. Purdy is making nothing. Bupkis. What do they make, like 580 or something? That's <laughs> like so low. You know? So that conversation, pal, is a month away from really coming back in full bloom. That is a... Major summer story. Sorry, Brock Purdy's making eight hundred seventy thousand this year. Right, and so uh, have they. Have they? Have they paid Bosa again? Have they? You know what I mean? Like that's you got to pay a lot of these guys. You got to pay a ton of these guys, and if your quarterback's making eight hundred grand and you're making NFC Championship games anyway, what does Jed York care? Yeah, Nick. That Buck, you gave up all those draft choices because it seems like Lynch and Shanahan are hitting on a ton of other ones. You know, Fred, you know, uh, Warner's got to get paid. You know what I mean? These guys, you got to I mean, pay Nick, guys. Nick Bosa's up. He, he's in year five. So this so. is, you know what I mean? Like, these guys are going to have to get paid, and you can pay them if Purdy's making that, and yeah. he's your guy. So. Yeah, Nick Bosa's going to break the bank soon, I would imagine. Let's take a break. I've got a great top five list. Pop Ooh. culture, movie-related It is based off of news of uh, today's uh, big 80s movie anniversary. You're going to love this. You just made the list. That's coming up next (laughs) right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you struggling to close deals? Business to business selling is tougher than ever. And that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's one billion member platform sales navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter right now you can try linkedin sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com direct that is linkedin.com direct for a 60-day free trial 
Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash direct and get started. How many brothers do you have? Uh, three. Three? Yes. So you're the, are you the lone? I'm the second oldest, so I had some power. But you're the lone girl? In the, I'm the lone the girl, family? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I played a lot of sports growing up. What'd you play? Soccer. Okay. Yeah. I played on all boys teams. What Rich Karate Kid, you, she plays soccer. Oh, yeah, I had to pretend to be bad right. in the Karate Kid. <laughs> I had to pretend to, I didn't oh, know what you? I was doing, but I was better than Ralph Macchio at soccer. <laughs> Wait, hey, and probably a karate, too. <laughs> when it all got down to it. Of course, I didn't train. I'm no. sure I would have been much better if I had trained. That wasn't part of your role. No, it wasn't. In, in, the, in the film. So I that could was... have kicked his ass. <laughs> you could have swept the leg. You could have done all totally. of that stuff. What was that? like for you at being uh, a new actress in the world and getting to be in the Karate Kid right off the bat? What was that like for you, Elizabeth? Um, well, I had been in the business for about five years before that, so it wasn't okay. sort of this sudden okay. experience. I was the Burger King girl. I did a lot of commercials. Okay. I sort of slowly, slowly, slowly learned my way into it. So so you were then, you just showed up on the set of Karate Kid. Did you have any idea how special that movie no. was when you were None. doing it? None. I was worried. I thought it sounded a little strange, the Karate Kid. Yeah. And Ralph being Ralph, I didn't think that he would have any credibility as a karate expert. Wow. <laughs> Ralph had no idea he's waking up today. He's going to get thrown under an Elizabeth shoe bus. Sorry. Well, that's okay. I mean, hey, it is, it, is, it is what it is. No, it was amazing, though, to see that movie actually stand the test of time. All my kids have watched it. I love what it says about sports and about um, the relationship between Miyagi and Daniel is so beautiful. And right. So there's so much that's good about it. Elizabeth, she was so unlikable. <laughs> so delightful. I, uh, I, 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 I just like now couldn't put words together that day. It's five years ago. Five years ago. Six years ago, actually. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just simply stop by. Uh, we just, for our um, radio listening audience, just played in our Roku channel only segment uh, a snippet of Elizabeth Shue from 2017, talking about The Karate Kid, which came out 39 years ago today. Dude, 1984 is when The Karate Kid came out. That's crazy. That's almost a 40-year-old movie. And in 1984, the 40-year-old movie was Casablanca. Uh, I mean, it's it's nuts, man. One movie holds up, the other doesn't. Okay. (laughs) Have you ever seen Casablanca? No. Okay. So. <laughs> so, we were talking about it before the show today. The Karate Kid, about a kid from New Jersey moving out to the Valley here in Southern California valley, with sounds, his mom. Sounds like Beltufo. Right? China, he's getting bullied in high school, yeah. and he finds himself and his Chi and his confidence in karate <laughs> with Mr. Miyagi being the one to show him the way, even though he had no idea he was being shown the way by painting fences and waxing hoods of cars. Child labor. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, Daniel-san was pushing back a little bit, saying, you know, what am I doing here? Right. 
<laughs> and uh, so this has led me to this idea, a top five list of the top five high school movies of the 80s. Okay. I don't know why, I don't know why, but the 80s were chock full of so movies many. involving high school and high schoolers. Yeah. It's tough to find five. The karate kid doesn't make the list. Wow. Doesn't make the list. Upset. So I'm using it as inspiration. If you wouldn't mind giving me a little bit of music here. Just give me the usual uh, music. Yeah, hoops music. There you go. There we go. Right. Top five high school movies of the 1980s. And uh, it starts with number five. And a name that you're going to hear quite a bit. John Hughes wrote this film. And I had many choices on this front. To start off, I'm going to go with a Molly Ringwald movie because I was head over heels nuts about Molly Ringwald in high school. <laughs> in 1986, the year I graduated from high school, I'm going with Pretty in Pink, number five, right here, about Andy, who she was playing, and Ducky, played by John Cryer. Just friends, Ducky was in love with Andy, who found love in a preppy Named Blaine, played by Andrew McCarthy, and of course, any 80s movie worth its salt has to include the a-hole played by James Spader, which he did in this film. <laughs> and this movie, as all of them, have great soundtracks. I'm going to name for each one of these a great song from it, from Pretty in Pink. Uh, the song involved in Pretty in Pink was, um, oh God, here it is. Uh, I wrote it down. Uh -oh. no, no, here it is. Uh, if You Leave by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. If you remember, do you remember that song? Mm. No, yeah, folks, <laughs> folks who hear it will not be able to unhear it again the rest of the day. So that's Pretty in Pink, number five on the list. Number four on the list about an individual just like Andy uh, in Pretty in Pink. A lot of these involve seniors and senioritis about going off to college. A young man named Joel, who was going to Highland Park High School, applying to Princeton, had his life turned upside down in risky business. Ah. 1983, Tom Cruise bursting on the scene in his underwear. <laughs> the song from this movie, as we all know, was old time rock and roll from by Bob Seger. Also, Depeche Mode. Anybody who remembers the train scene with Rebecca De Mornay knows about Depeche Mode music. She played a uh, an individual of uh, of the evening, if you will, that oh. Joel got involved with. Tell me you've seen Risky Business, Chris, right? I mean, it's been a while. And and uh, Rebecca De Mornay's John played by Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano. Unbelievable. Great movie. Tom Cruise. Risky business. Number three involves another senior in high school with a serious case of senioritis two months before graduation. A young man named Ferris Bueller decides <laughs> to wake <laughs> up and act sick and take a day off. Only number Life three. 1986, fast. John Hughes. Okay. Number three, TJ. Oh, by the way, uh, also Risky Business. Um, one of the folks in Risky Business... Um, friend Miles, played by Curtis Armstrong. People might know as Booger from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah. uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, we all know about um, this incredible movie and how 
it informed so much of my high school experience in my senior year and what Ferris Bueller meant. And to this day, I still even feel like anytime you don't want to go to work, the great scene um, involving him not being in class, Ben Stein asking for Bueller, Bueller. anyone, Bueller, <laughs> anyone. Bueller. exactly. Anyone. Um, the, the remarkable Mia Sara as his girlfriend, as we all know, Alan Ruck was on this program, revealed he was 28 when Very, he played Cameron. Not a high schooler. <laughs> in that film. <laughs> um, the song from that movie, Oh Yeah, by Yellow. Oh yeah. That that's okay. That is the song that became very popular from that film, and of course Ed Rooney. Um, fantastic, John Hughes. Interestingly enough, this was this movie directed by John Hughes, shot at the same time. I did not know this. To save money and time and a budget, shot at the same time with the interiors in the same high school is number two on this list, The Breakfast Club. Did you know that they shot this at the same time? I did not. Yes. Wow. At North Main High School in De Plain, Illinois. Breakfast Club is Whoa. number two on this list. It's Shermer High School, which, by the way, is rumored to be the same high school. It was mentioned in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Weird Science. Another John Hughes movie. Yeah. Love that. Um, I did not know that. Yes. That's crazy. And also like uh, 16 Candles, another John Hughes movie of the seven, of the 80s. Mm-hmm. But uh, we all remember in Shermer High School, Saturday, March 24th, 1984, an all-day detention, yeah. uh, a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal, watched by Vice Principal Richard Vernon, played by the actor Paul Gleason, also known as Clarence Beeks. From Trading Places. Um, And uh, we all know how it's a... a, This was an adult high school movie Mm. where Pretty in Pink was... And a lot of these other movies are about silliness or love gone wrong. This was about kids having major issues with themselves and each other and finding a common ground. We all know the song from this movie, Don't You Forget About Me from by Simple Minds. That's number two on the list. And for me, the number one high school movie of the 1980s, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, 1982. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? Correct. It is now on our time right here. Sean Penn, as we all know, uh, bursting on the scene in a way that we've really never seen him again. The fact that he's Jeff Spicoli and what I am, Sam, right, um, <laughs> is, is truly amazing. And um, it was uh, the moment uh, I fell in love with Phoebe Cates. And I'm uh, not going to lie. Fair. Um, Rich, that was the moment everybody fell in love. We all did. Very but fair. Fast Times at Ridgemont High is a movie I haven't seen in a while. I believe it still stands up. I think it does. And that's my top five high school movies of the 1980s here on the... Oh, sure. All right. Oh, wait, what? Yep. Six? Oh, my God. No, No, I always do one more. I always do one more. You can't do six. No, I'm going to throw it in here. I'm going to throw it in here. (laughs) Best sports movie of all time. Uh, Milan High School's remarkable run to the championship. Hoosiers. (laughs) It's about a high school, isn't it? It's about a high school. Totally different. There you go. Hoosiers. Hoosiers. It's just just thrown in there, Coach Dale and Jimmy Chitwood and Ollie and about those crazy high schoolers of Milan High. What was the quote? Rudy is a documentary compared to yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> no, Back to the Future, huh? 
No, it's that's that's kind of like Die Hard being a Christmas movie. That being a high school movie. It's not really. It's about a movie about a high schooler going back in time, I guess. It's a movie about what? A high schooler <laughs> going back in time. This is about high schoolers going through life, learning about going life. Through life. The guy goes through time. Oh my God! Had he not gone back through to time, the future, he have a life. What do you mean? It's a high school movie. He has like to go back Die to Hard a high is a Christmas movie to find his parents to make here. sure they fall the in love. Get out of here. There's like not one but two high school. Pretty in Pink, no, Risky Business, Ferris Bueller's wow. Day Off, The Breakfast Cl- Breakfast Club, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And, yeah. Back to the Future. Well, you, you would put and, Back and, to and the Future as a high school. As an a, egregious uh, uh, oversight? oversight here. What else What else am I missing? What year was Dazed and Confused? That was 90s, dog. Oh, was it? That was 93. I did a similar thing a few, like last year. Uh-huh. Or so our, our, our top five is different. I had Vision Quest. Better off dead. Lean on me. Just one of the guys, and I did six too. I had Weird Science and Sixteen Candles at number one. I didn't have no Footloose. Footloose I know. Too. There, there, how many high school I mean, related of, movies were in the eighties? Like every movie that came <laughs> yeah. out. Like you never see a high school <laughs> movie anymore, all right? Of them. No. No, 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 not anymore. That's because John, by the way, John, John didn't John Hughes took all spoke the about teenage <laughs> angst? Unlike anybody, I mean, say anything was on potentially on this yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. That was a 90s flick, though. You know? No, Say Anything was, was in the 80s. Late 80s. Yep. Okay. It snuck in just in the wire. I think it was 89. I love that. That is one of my favorite movies, by the way. Ferris Bueller. I didn't even give you a, a song from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but... Dead Poet Society? I, I almost went Dead Poet Society. Good one. But, I mean... A little dark. I, 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 I kind of chose about a high school experience. Senioritis... You know, going off to college like risky business and losing your mind before you go off to college. Pretty in pink about a yeah a senior. It involved James Spader. You can't have a great eighties movie without James Spader. <laughs> True that. The Breakfast Club is the ultimate teenage okay. angst eighties movie, and then Fast Times at Ridgemont High is just number and, one. And the great thing about Fast Times, which I think we all love, is the fact that you get that high school experience. But then kids nowadays, rich, what they they will probably never get, guys, is what it's like to go hang out at the mall, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Unfortunately, that I don't think those days exist it's anymore. Saturday, what are you doing? I'm going to going the mall. To the mall. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to the arcade. I'm yeah. going to get a slice. I'm going to go see a movie. Like the mall experience is just not. And probably never will be the same. And that's one thing kids nowadays will never Bill really be able to. excellent adventure. If I had to choose a song from Fast Times, I would choose Somebody's Baby by Jackson Brown. Mm. There's gonna be somebody's only life. Stop, stop. I don't want to give Jackson five. Brown money. So. And plus the, the my scene list. that was playing when that music song played. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, that's your list. No one's going to take it away from you. Well, okay. You want to come up with yours in the break? Come back. Ooh. Come up with yours in the break. The yeah. 80s or an, or 80s. all time? 844-204. Rich, number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Your phone calls when we come back to take you to the NBA Draft Thursday night. O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Let's talk about them. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. We all know when something goes wrong with your car and you need maintenance and you need it fast and you need to make sure it's done right. 
That's when you turn to O'Reilly Auto Parts. Friendly, helpful service, and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And the team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. A lot of chatter based off of my top five list. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, uh, you know, lists that's do. What... They, they spark debate and uh, dialogue. That's important. Could have chosen another Elizabeth Shue film, Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, that's a good one. Good one. Good one. That's not really a high school one. Not I saw a really. list where somebody included Stand By Me, they're not, but they're not in high school. It's kids. Kids. Like Sandlot was a like, kids in grade school. Right. Lean On Me is the, is the high well, school one, but... That, yeah, that had that on my list. Um, that's a good one. Stand and Deliver? Mm -hmm. That's not a It's a movie about a high school teacher. You know I mean, like, uh, I, I wanted to choose. You're going for the experience. Experience. Right. Yes. Right. Right. I respect that about your list. I appreciate that. You know? Fast Times wasn't much. It, it, that was about, I guess, an experience in the 80s in high school. You know? Where you're trying to impress a girl and you lean, you, you look over and she's looking at you and you're in your pirate costume going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Damone selling Demone. tickets. <laughs> scalping tickets at the food court. Mustache coming in all right, rat. <laughs> <laughs> Damone. You know? Fame was on the... Uh, Fame's a good one. 1980. Well, you want to live forever. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to fly. All the right moves could have been another Tom Cruise. But Footloose is a Stephen good one. Georgievich. That was Footloose, Footloose is a good one. Very yeah. watchable. Outsiders. Ah. Killer, See, killer the, cast. I had Outsiders, but uh, to go to Rich's point, though, the Outsiders wasn't really about the high, right, wasn't about high school. Right. It's not really right. on the high school experience. Right. Yes. Right, right. yes. But Outsiders, one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite books. Yeah. Yeah. My, remember My Bodyguard? Zan just read it, by the way. Oh, did he like it? Yeah, he did. It's awesome. He did. I just I watched My Bodyguard the other day, if you remember that. I do. Yeah. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, you got your top five? You got something? Yeah, I'm just kind of scrolling. I'm looking for number right. five. Well, you know, the Al in Dallas. Let's take Al's call. What's up, Al? How you been? I, uh, I need an oil change. 
Do you know of this? Do you know of this establishment wise enough to have the Rich Eisen show on for those waiting for their lube? To I'm change? very impressed. I'm very impressed. I, I told Brockman it's down the street from one of the best Italian places, Jimmy's uh, Italian Food Joint down on Fitzu. Okay. <laughs> so I you can get that, uh, you know, that prosciutto and that uh, and that. Uh, Parmigiano Reggiano. That's the only way you can get sure, it. Sure, that's that sounds delicious. Sure. So, yeah, so yeah, that, you know, I, I listen. If, they, if they're going to have the Rich Eisen show on every day, then it's where I'm going to go get my oil. You should. Sure. Come on, yeah, you, let's go. By Take the way, business. Just looking at this photograph from Matt Howerton, uh, you can get a nice cup of coffee. There's a, a terrific array of magazines. Maybe, uh, as you can see on the right, I think you can get a wiper change too. Looks like yeah, they got yeah, wipers. Absolutely. You know, with, with the weather down here, with the weather down here, you need it. You, you know, you definitely need it. Now again. Like always on this show, you want to call up and talk about one thing, but then you guys totally pivot and completely throw off everything I want to talk about. So okay. I, have a, I, have a, I have a great story okay. uh, regarding these movies. So most of these movies, as you were talking about before, are based in Highland Park, Illinois. Yeah. Okay? So I'm in a uh, pizza restaurant in Highland Park, Dallas, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yes. All right. So uh, I'm sitting in this pizza joint. Uh, in a high-end mall, and what they love to do is play 80s movies on, on the, you know, running through, like kind of like a trendy spot. So I'm sitting there, and you've, met, you've been kind enough to see my kids, so I'm sitting next to my son, and uh, 16 Candles comes on the TV, and I'm like, oh, look at this, right? But it wasn't the WPIX version, Rich, the Channel 11 version. Oh. So the, 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 right out of the gate in that movie is the shower scene, and uh, they were out in full force <laughs> on the TV, <laughs> And there's my son with his eyes wide open trying to bite into a slice of pizza, checking out 16 candles. I wave the waitress down. I go, uh, you may want to uh, uh, put, the, put the G version on of these movies. She's like, oh, my God. Yeah, 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 I know. That's, that's a different. That's that's a different version of toppings in that uh, pizzeria. Hey, oh, uh, shout, shout out to Havilland Morris. I remember her well. Okay, it's Very like good. it's like watching it's like watching Slapshot on cable, right? Yeah, of course. Where we grew up, we never watched Slapshot on cable. We watched it on on Channel Eleven, Channel Nine. Yes. Uh, for, for those in the East Coast. And by the first, and when the next time you see it, you're like, "Oh, good lord! I got a, uh, the kids are walking through the room here, right?" So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's 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 unbelievable. But uh, yeah, this right. '80s stuff. You 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 did pretty you did really well, Richard. Thank really you. Really well. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, and and I, I thanks very much, Al. You you can't go. I mean, John Hughes was the the master of it, and that's why everything was in Chicago, I guess. Right. Yeah. You know, because that's John Hughes's bailiwick. Right there. Did you know? I also read that in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the um, the license plates uh, all were uh, the first letters of other movies that John Hughes did. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, no there's way. TBC is one of the uh, oh, license plates okay. on it for oh, The oh, Breakfast man. Club, Good one. which he was shooting at the same time. He shot at the same time. Wild, and the man. same, the interiors were the same. Again, North Main High School in De Plain, Illinois. So. How about that? All right, Porky's not on my list. Just, 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 <laughs> just so you're aware, Porky's up. not on my list. Was a film Joel Lewis Eisen may he rest in peace refused to let me watch. I was not allowed to watch well, that. I, that I, makes I, sense. I which, only, which only made me want to watch it more. He put his he put his foot down. You are not watching Porky's. I'm like, why? Yeah. Then years later, I saw Porky's. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Revenge of the Nerds, college. It's college. It's not high school. I understand. All right, here's my list. Okay. What do you got? This is mostly about rewatchability for me. Okay. I don't want to see, you know. Do you want music? Do you want music? A lot of movies are great. I don't need music. A lot of movies are great once or twice, but the 10th, 11th, 30th time, I still need to enjoy it. Okay. 
So that's why number five, Bill and Ted. Come on, it doesn't get any better than uh, Napoleon going down the water slide. Uh, number four, Karate Kid, which we celebrate today. 39 years. Uh, the All Valley Karate Tournament. Number three, Put Weird Science. TJ and I are in agreement on that. Kelly yeah. LeBrock, everybody. Say less, Rich. Say less. A- agreed. agreed. <laughs> Bill Paxton, maybe rest Bill in peace. Bill Paxton, rest in peace. Robert Downey Jr., the, the quote-unquote villain in that movie. He was. Uh, number two, Ferris Bueller. 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 And number, number one, back number to one the we're going back in time, people. We're going back in time. Back in time. Well, then. The, the Universal lot. Huey Lewis. <laughs> Okay. Fantastic. It's yeah, a high school movie, though. I mean, it's about a high schooler going back to, you know, his high parents' school high school. To make sure they fall in love. <sighs> You're too technical with this stuff. I'm not too technical about it. <laughs> too technical. I'm not. I'm not. It's a high school. There's an enchantment under the sea dance. I understand mm-hmm. where it a took place. A major plot point. I get it. Of the movie. I'm with you. A high school. I'm with you. Okay. We're on the same page. <laughs> We're not. Well, I mean, in terms of agreeing. Same book. Learn it. Know it. Live it. Thank you. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Smithson and I thought it was no, irrelevant. It, it's from fa- it's, <laughs> it's from fast, it's fast, fast times, times when yeah. Spicoli walks into a pizza <laughs> okay, shop good. and they don't have shirts. Judge Reinhold. Yeah, 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 Judge Reinhold. Right. Spicoli, uh, Nick Cage. And Nick I think, Cage. Who was the uh, Eric? That's uh, crazy. I forget years. which other actor, but they walk in without shirts or shoes on, and that Judge was, is telling them. Gives them that quote. 82, Thank right? You, Fast Smitch. times, 82. 82. <laughs> that's number one on my list. How's it, you know, I mean, that's a, it's about the Ridgemont High. It's the only one on my list not in Chicago. <laughs> Here in Southern California. Nice. Where there are pools with people coming out of them. <laughs> <laughs> not, not just any people. Oh, my God. Very specific. Oh. Not any people. My goodness. Danny Noonan, a Caddyshack. Danny Noonan was in high school. <sighs> that's not a high school. That's a golf movie. I understand, but he was in high school. I understand. About a high I school. I understand. Trying to get a scholarship. Okay. That's true. <laughs> Rich, you know I, I mean? So. Rich, I kind of... That's where Risky Business <laughs> and Caddyshack part ways. I, I looked up this Ferris Bueller license plate thing, and it's true, man. Like That's really cool. I never w- noticed that. One license plate says VCTN as a nod to National Lampoon's Vacation. There's actually a plate that says 4FBDO, which is for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, kind of like an Easter egg within the movie. There's one for TBC, The Breakfast Club, like you said, and yeah. uh, MMOM, Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom, another John Hughes great. I want to show my kids Uncle Buck. Oh, yeah. Uncle Buck is mandatory, yeah. right? Yeah, do it. I do. John Candy was so big in my Tell household growing it. up. The day that guy oh, died, you would have thought. So sad. Plane, trains, and automobile, planes, uh, another John Hughes. Home Alone is scary. Yeah. Oh, my this, gosh. Uh, yeah, John Candy was. Speaking of Home Alone, I got to go home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like I feel like, uh, like, Jokic, yeah, like you Yoko. Know, <laughs> you can go home now. There you go. <laughs> That's how we have to end this program every, every day now. <laughs>